The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So over uh, the next uh, next four days, I'll highlight um, four four mechanisms through which uh, Dharma practice gets under our skin into our system and um, the the first uh, first mechanism wanted to yeah I said yesterday sila samadhi panya these are the kind of um, core mechanisms how they're classically framed how the practice transforms us and um, I wanted to lay out a, a kind of uh, another framework of of this not to replace sila samadhi panya of course but just as a way of of looking and um and so the the first um first mechanism um is dharma as a kind of attention therapy yeah the dharma is an attention therapy so our attention attention is our most basic currency and and really the sense of directing um directing our attention to what we deem important that's very close to our sense of agency and sense of self the core of who we think we are um william uh william james said um volition is nothing but attention volition is nothing but attention and this of course is part of why um the commodification and extraction and fragmentation of our attention by modern life technology is actually a profound threat it's it's like um as ehad akhtar said the bright pliancy of mind itself attention is um under assault actually um and so we as meditators become connoisseurs of attention and indeed in the scientific uh uh literature meditation sometimes described as attentional training that's the language that's used and in the first iteration of what would become mindfulness based cognitive therapy a kind of mindfulness based intervention um it was originally called attentional control training yeah i'm glad they changed the name to mindfulness based cognitive therapy but that was originally uh, the name and um and attention attention it's complex relationship with our own well-being and it's notable that um that attention is fractured when we experience psychiatric distress so in depression for example there's a, a, the attention is disrupted there's an attentional bias towards negative information and um 
disrupted concentration is one of the symptoms of depression or in post-traumatic stress or some other anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, there's intrusive thoughts that disrupt the, the flow of attention or generalized anxiety. There's kind of attention that's being constantly directed to the unknown future and worrying in an uncontrollable kind of way. And in addiction, there's attentional bias towards the drug cue or whatever the cue is, or ADHD, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, like attention's right there in the diagnostic name. And, um, and even when we're not in psychiatric distress, um, uh, not in a clinical distress, our suffering, yeah, even low-grade suffering, often includes an attention that is pinging all over, pinging from memory to future to emotion and narratives. And so we, <clears throat> we train in attention. We train in attention. Wise attention, where to place the attention on the Four Noble Truths rather than constantly engaging worrisome scenarios. We practice how to attend steadily, patiently. We, we train in steadying the attention so that the spotlight the spotlight of attention isn't shaking and darting around so much anymore. We train the attention to, to relinquish uh, distractions, yeah? Like to the movement from being absorbed in discursive thought to back to the object of focus. Maybe that's the breath. Maybe that's your work. Maybe that's the person you're listening to. But there's less stickiness. Uh, the discursive thought is less sticky, more flimsy, less compelling. We train in attention because life feels uh, very fast to the unconcentrated mind feels kind of overwhelming. And, uh, and so we slow it down. Yeah. And as our attention gathers is less fragmented. Um, there's a sense of seclusion. Yeah. Even though we actually can come into states where we're noticing more change, there's a sense of seclusion and protection from the bombardment of samsara. And we train, um, we train in the effortlessness of awareness. So when attention can go anywhere, but not stick to anything. Yeah. When the spotlight of attention can go anywhere in experience, but not stick to anything. And there's a, a kind of um, deep poise 
that happens when we're not mesmerized by phenomena. We're not mesmerized by our notions of our life, our so-called life. And um, sometimes you hear uh, kind of divisions between samadhi and insight, concentration and mindfulness. But um, my understanding is that the Buddha spoke about these capacities in tandem, not a rigid separation. And um, a lot of of fanfare about uh, the kind of bliss of the gathered attention um, is is understandable. Um, but uh, as far as I can tell, uh, the bliss is um, it's maybe most mostly good as faith and encouragement to keep going. Um, aspects of of samadhi, this gathered attention, they are uh, indeed closely related to to insight and mindfulness. Um, when we begin to stabilize the attention, we can uh, perceive suffering more clearly. When we begin to stabilize the attention, we can perceive suffering more clearly. And it's so important to actually perceive suffering with a lot of vividness. And that that entails a stabilizing of the attention. And when we we stabilize the attention, there's there's no, yeah, just some of the Buddha's um, injunctions become so clear there's no there's just no doubt that clinging hurts when it's perceived from a stabilized attention there's no doubt that clinging hurts there's no doubt that hatred hurts no doubt that greed hurts and it's through this stabilization of attention that the the kind of fantasy of the close-hearted happiness ends. That uh, insofar as we will know deep happiness, it will be a function of open-heartedness. The training of attention, dharma as an attention therapy. This is part of what um, gives the mind its sense of depth. Yeah. The, The stabilizing, the kind of settling of the mind, it gives the mind its sense of depth, the matter of life, this matter of life becomes serious. And as our attention becomes stable, Dharma lessons, the insights we have, the seeing we develop, those lessons make deeper impressions on our mind. Sometimes we have an insight or understanding or something, but what kind of legs does it have? Right? 
often, often what we once knew, what we learned, is overpowered by subsequent learning and lessons and the fragmentation of life. And so we go on retreat, maybe, and we know once or for all something, we discover something. Uh, this is, this, fill in the blank, this self-harshness is delusion. We know it deeply, but how does that lesson stick? How does it get its legs? And my sense is that samadhi allows our understandings, this training of the attention allows our understandings to etch themselves more deeply into our being. Yeah, our insights uh, stick. And so there are these very interesting interactions between this kind of um, attention, this gathering of the attention and the learning aspects of Dharma. Much more to be uh, said about that, of course, but um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes Dharma is reduced to attention training uh, but it's it's much more than that and so we'll keep going tomorrow that's why there are three more days but uh, for today yeah dharma as an attention therapy all that comes with that so I'll, I'll pause here and um, wish you all uh, a good uh Good day, and um, um, thank you for your your attention. And uh, I'll hang in the chat for a moment, and um, see you see you tomorrow. Thank you.